Well, happy Mother's Day. Can we give a round of applause to every single mother represented? It has been 15 years since I had a Mother's Day message on Mother's Day. So at this rate, my next message will be in 2038 for Mother's Day message on Mother's Day. But we're going to look at five lessons that we can learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus. These lessons can apply to me, can apply to, to every, really everyone in this room, the lessons that Mary modeled for us. Now, however, if you have a mom and you are fortunate enough that she is still with us, with you, make sure that as you go, we go through these five lists, if there is one or more from these lessons that we can learn from Mary and your mother modeled that, have, has done that, let her know. Don't just say, uh, Mom, I love you, I appreciate you. Tell her why. Tell her why. And if your mother has gone before, has gone on, thank God as I go through these lessons, like, thank you, God, that my mom did this, that this, she modeled this. So again, these messages apply for all of us. Having a godly mother as an influence is a powerful influence on the lives of many people. And I love the fact that God chose a teenage girl named Mary to carry the Messiah in a, in a, a unique, miraculous way, virgin birth. God chose her. But just so we're clear, Mary is incredibly awesome, but she was, nor never has been, I mean, she never was or is divine. She was never sinless. She needed a Savior too. Uh, she is not one you need, we need to pray to because she's closer to Jesus. No, no, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you can talk to him directly to yourself. But Mary, though, modeled so many things, character traits, qualities that are powerful. So we're going to look at five of them today. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. As we begin, these five lessons that we can learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus, on this Mother's Day. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Lesson learned is that Mary treasured Jesus in her heart. She treasured Jesus in her heart. We pick up in Luke chapter 2, verse 16. It says, so they, talking about the shepherds, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they, the shepherds, spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Look over the last part of chapter 2, verse 51. Then he, Jesus, went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But, her, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Treasured. It means to keep, to store. Now, we're not talking about a pat rack situation here where they just keep everything and store everything, never throw anything away. No, it means in the Greek language to keep and store because it's of high value. Now, many moms do this. They keep things from all their kids. They, they keep special coloring arts. They keep crafts that they made that probably look hideous, but to the mother it's beautiful. 
They keep those things. They keep pictures. They keep mementos. And they, they remember in their heart how their child used to roll their R's when they were young, when they used to say certain cute phrases. They, they, they keep and treasure all those things because it's of high value to them. And then when time has passed, and then the child is no longer a child, they're an adult, even married, they even have kids of their own. Many moms want to bring up the stories and bring up the phrases and bring up history. And you may be tempted to go, Mom, seriously, I'm older now. I've heard that story many times. Let me just remind you, she's not telling you those stories for your benefit. It's just in her heart, it has to come out. She has to Bring those up and relive them. Why? Because she treasured them in her heart. They are of high value. Mary treasured the fact that she was the mother of the Messiah. When he was born, she treasured his birth. She treasured his obedience. Just figure that out. He's a son of God. He's Messiah. He's perfect, and he's choosing to obey. She treasured that. She treasured, I'm sure, his miracles and his teachings and his disciples and his life. Mary treasured Jesus. Let me ask you this question, no matter if you're a mother or not. Do people see you treasuring Jesus? That Jesus has high value and your relationship is treasured that you have with Jesus. Do people see that? My mom passed away um, around this time last year, and I, I, I had to put aside my son and my brother hat and take my pastor hat on and to plan the service, which was, which was amazing and broadcast everywhere because of my mom's ministry with military children on bases around the country. She was a pioneer. So I didn't feel really the effects of her passing last Mother's Day, but boy, I'm feeling it this year. And I really, I treasure that my mom was one of our church missionaries on these military bases, having all these after-school Bible clubs telling kids about Jesus. And I love the fact that her, her last chapter of her, of her ministry was here in Kitsap County, staying with someone from Grace Point in their kind of mother-in-law suite. And I got to see her in two miles away and take her out to lunch and all these talks. And my mom all the time. I remember as a kid, but I also remember in the last chapter of her life, always telling me about her conversations with Jesus. And she would, she would say, I, I was telling Jesus, I was praying this, and, and then he told me, beloved, thou shalt not fear. And I was c concerned about this and anxious, and, and I'm telling Jesus this, and he's telling me, beloved, don't be anxious for anything. Beloved this, beloved that. I remember one time we're driving in the car. I said, Mom, does Jesus always refer to you in the King James Version? <laughs> and she laughed. And she goes, well, yes, he does. Her relationship was so real and authentic. She treasured Jesus, and it came out all the time. The second lesson we can learn for your notes is this, is that Mary forgot her son at church. I love this story. She forgot her son at church. Yes. Yes, pick up, look over chapter 2, look over to verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. 
after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. They were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company with like friends and neighbors and family, thinking he was with their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, meaning three days of searching, probably about five, six days into, they didn't know where Jesus was, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Could you imagine them going, we've lost the Messiah. We don't know where he is. He's kind of stressing out. Verse 49, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. And man, Mary was human. We forget sometimes these Bible characters that we had a whole theme of this for Christmas about, about Mary, but Mary was human. She assumed that he was with the whole party going back to Nazareth. He, she was human. I, I remember several times when I was a teenager, we would get home from church. It's about a 20-minute drive, mostly highway, from our church, and we'd get home, you know, all these different cars you know, with a large family, and my mom would be home a little early, my dad, and my, my dad would come in, and my mom goes, did you pick up Becky from the nursery? And he goes, I thought you picked up Becky from the nursery. Barry, go back and pick up your sister. You know, and then another time, uh, where's Bobby? Where's Bobby? We forgot Bobby in the nursery again. Barry, okay, Mom, I'll go pick up Bobby from the nursery. My parents forgot. Why? Because they assumed the other spouse had done it. Now, the lesson today is not, let's leave our children at Grace Point Church. That will not be cool for our Grace Point Kids crew and, and, and all that. That's not, that's not cool. Here's the point. God knew she was human. God knew that, that they would forget, that they would assume, that they would be distracted. And God knew that they wouldn't understand Jesus at times. And understand, why, why did you treat us this way? We were so anxious, we thought we lost the Messiah. Well, why, why would you do this? Why didn't you know I, I'm supposed to be in my father's house? They did not understand. I love the fact that God understands that you and I are human too. We mess up. We forget. And we don't understand Jesus all the time. It's okay. I love that human aspect. Turn to John chapter 2. It's the next book to the right, John chapter 2. 
Here's the, the, the lesson we can learn today is that Mary turned to Jesus in her time of need. Mary turned to Jesus in her time of need. Verse 1, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. It's pretty close to Nazareth. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And the way Jesus responds to his mom, I, I look back, man, I should have used this on my mom. He said, woman, why do you involve me? Woman, why should I pick up Bobby? You forgot him. He's your child. But I do know this, that that would not have gone well if I would have responded to my mom this way. But Jesus said, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do what he ever asked. Was that like subliminal, like passive aggressive? Like telling him to do something without telling him to do something? Moms have PhDs and stuff like this. She, she didn't even respond to Jesus. She just said to the servants, yeah, whatever he says, do it. Do it. Verse, verse 6, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons each. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them with water to the brim. That's a lot of water. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet, like the MC. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside, and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then when, when the cheap wine, uh, after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana, in Galilee, was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, I don't know, Scripture doesn't say, that was his first public miracle. I, I don't know if Jesus, when he was grown up, had different experiences where he manifested his divine power. So Mary knew that uh, my, my, my friends are freaking out because they had run out of wine, so I know who to talk to. I know who to have fixed the problem. I know the source of the answer of this situation. See, in this time, they didn't have weddings that were like an afternoon affair, a few hours. It went on for a week. After three days, if their wine goes out, that was, in that culture at that time, was incredibly embarrassing. So Mary knew who to turn to in her time of need. Who do you turn to in your time of need? Do you turn to your spouse? Do you turn to your parents? Do you turn to your friend? And way down the list, do you turn to Jesus? Mary modeled for us. There's a need. I know exactly who to go to. See, Mary knew she could go to Jesus. Turn over to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. This, this lesson is probably the most intense 
most difficult. Fourth lesson we can learn from Mary is that Mary endured rejection and heartache. She endured rejection and heartache. Time has passed. Jesus is now public ministry. Thousands upon thousands are coming to him, following him wherever he went. And he was doing miracles and he was doing teaching. And he had the, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 and Sermon on the Mount and walking on water and went down to Samaria, met the woman at the well. And the, like the whole town turned to believe in Jesus that he was the Messiah. But Jesus primarily stayed in the northern region of Galilee, where the Sea of Galilee is. At times he would go down to, to Jerusalem, but he mainly spent his time there. Check out this chapter, verse, seven, verse 1 of 7. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go in Judea, that's where Jerusalem was, because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. And when the Jewish festival of the tabernacles was near... Jesus' brothers said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After this, he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, when his after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also not publicly, but in secret. Maybe you didn't know this, that Mary had other children. He had Jesus through a divine miracle of the virgin birth. But after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. And she saw firsthand how people responded to Jesus. She was there most likely when, now that Jesus is gaining fame and popularity, when he was going to come home to Nazareth, and he was invited to speak and read and share in their synagogue, the synagogue that Jesus grew up in, the synagogue that his friends went to, his neighbors, his relatives. And uh, we've been, my wife and I have been to Nazareth, and, and, and it's a small town, and, and the synagogue, the size of that time, would probably fit about five of those synagogues just in this room, not that large. But on it, almost all the way around, there were these almost like stadium seating. And in the middle, the rabbi or the guest speaker, the, the, the person of honor would be given to read that assigned scripture for that day. Everything was assigned. And so I'm sure Mary was super excited. The one, he's coming home. I don't get to see him as much. And he's been invited to speak in the synagogue, I'm sure she was all excited because mom did those things, right? And the sign reading was a small passage, a prophetic passage of the Messiah. And Jesus read that prophetic messianic passage and he did what every speaker did. He, they would sit back down and all eyes would be turned to him and then he would give commentary. 
So all eyes are on Jesus. I'm sure Mary's like so excited. He's home. He's most his friends and his neighbors. Jesus says simply, today, this has been fulfilled in your presence. That did not go over well. He was just declaring that prophecy of a coming Messiah has today been fulfilled in your presence, meaning I am he. And that did not go over well. It says in Mark, this is probably the rabbi of that synagogue said this, where did this man get these things? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They were offended. His neighbors, his relatives, people that he had known his whole life, they were offended. Now, put yourself in Mary's shoes. She felt rejection herself, I'm sure. Because parents, isn't this true? If someone rejects our child, we feel rejected. But, but her re- feeling rejection is on a much higher, like, steroid level than, than any of us. Because she's amongst family. She, she's amongst relatives. And if they're rejecting Jesus' claim to be the Messiah, after she had already years ago told them that she had this encounter with this angel of God, and he says, Mary, you know, God has found favor, you know, you have found favor in his sight, and you will be the the, the carrier of of the Messiah. How is this possible? I'm a virgin. And God goes, I'm going to do something special for you. And them rejecting Jesus as the Messiah, I am sure she made the logical jump as they're also rejecting my story. And I'm sure she had a thought of, they never bought it in the first place. Oh, yeah, she was a virgin, right. No, she probably had sex with somebody else, and she made up this story. Jesus was then carried outside by people he knew, and they, wanted, they were going to throw him over the cliff because he had just committed heresy. You have the audacity to claim you're the Messiah. Now, I heard about the story, read about the story, but when I went to Israel and my pastor asked me to teach about this, uh, me, even with my fear of heights, I'm like, that is, that is a serious cliff. <laughs> Let me just stay way over here and teach. You will not survive that fall. And Jesus gave his commentary on their reaction. He says this, Jesus said to them, people he knew, a prophet is not without honor. I mean, they they get honor, they get respect, treated special, except in his own town, among his relatives, don't miss this, and in his own house not accepted by my relatives, including my brothers and my sisters. See how close this hits home? Can you imagine the heartache that Mary must have felt that even my own children don't acknowledge him? 
don't honor him, don't value him as the Messiah. Could you imagine that? Her own rejection, the heartache. So back in chapter 7, it says, for even his own brothers did not believe him. (laughs) You're the Messiah? Right. And in this passage in chapter 7, they subtly mocked him by saying, hey, go to Judea. Go to to Jerusalem so your disciples there can see the works you do. I mean, you're doing all these miracles and all these things. You you need to go. Go go big, all right? Go go to Jerusalem. And then then they mocked him and really undermined his motives. He says this, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. We know why you're doing these miracles. We know why you're teaching this. We know that you love the crowd, and you want a larger crowd. See how they're questioning his intent, his motives? You need to go to Jerusalem. Let the whole world see what you're doing up here. But they did not believe in him. Again, put yourself in Mary's shoes. How brokenhearted she must have felt. Like, why, why are my own children rejecting him? Why? Why? Now, don't you think it probably would may have been a little challenging and a little weird at times to be a sibling of Jesus? Mom, Jesus forgot his lunch, and he took my sandwich and fed the whole class. <laughs> Mom, we're in swim class. Jesus is not taking swimming lessons seriously. He's just walking on top of the water instead. It's not fair, Mom. So why the rejection? Were they, why why did they have, because they had bitterness of jealousy and resentment? Maybe. Why the rejection? Was it because their hearts were spiritually blinded? Absolutely. Absolutely. They couldn't see the Messiah because of their spiritual blindness. So let me talk to any of you who, because of your faith in Jesus, you have felt rejection and ridicule by people in your life that you care about. A friend, a coworker, a spouse, a sibling, a neighbor. Oh, they're kind to you on the surface, but you get the jabs, you get the little comments, you get the biting comments of your faith in Jesus. And it feels rejection, but also it hurts your heart. Even maybe your own kids mock your faith. Look to Mary, because she endured it, and she would understand it. And that it hurts. Which leads us to the fifth lesson is this, is Mary was faithful to the end. She was faithful to the end. I love this little verse in John 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Again, she knew where this was going. She knew that Jesus said, I'm going to be arrested and I will be killed. And I'm sure as a mom, because God has gifted Moms with this, I think, extra sixth cent from God. They, they know. Maybe she was thinking, 
Everybody has rejected you, Jesus, but not your mom. I bet the last place she wanted to be was at Golgotha. And to see his bloody, beaten body to a pulp, and to see people spitting at his Here's her son, and ripping his beard out and mocking him. If you're the king of the Jews, come down off this tree. But maybe she thought, son, even your closest disciples have left you. But I want you to look out. I want you to see me. Because I have not rejected you. Near the cross, she stood. She endured that horrific scene. And then Jesus died. He was buried and he did what Jesus predicted multiple times and three days later he rose again. Three days later he was walking around. He was like, touch me. You know, here's my sword and spirit uh, wound and nail prints and hung out for a while. Then he ascended back to heaven because he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And, and now went from zero disciples to one. John was the only disciple at the, at the cross. He said, take care of my mom. And, and now there's 120 waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And in Acts chapter 1, it says this. They, the 120, all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and their, oop, there she is, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. See, the resurrection changed everything. I don't know about the sisters, but it just said the brothers. But they rejected him. They denied him. They mocked him. They questioned his intentions. But then when they saw their brother who died and then rose again, see, everything changes. And out of the four names of brothers were given in Scripture, two of them have a letter in the New Testament that is still being read and taught today. James, who became the, the, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, and Judas. And he said, I'm not rocking with that name anymore. I'm going to change it to Jude. James and Jude. But they both don't mention in their little letters, they don't say, hey, I'm this the brother of Jesus. Woohoo! They don't say that. They said, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude says, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and a brother to James. Mary was faithful to the end. Last year, when we knew the time was near, we had already moved my mom back to she had a home in Medford, Oregon, and got her settled there. Settled there. Cancer came back, did treatments, and we knew there's nothing more they can do. And uh, up, up to that point, I told my mom, I said, Mom, um, I, I was in the room when Dad left this earth to go to heaven, and I, I, I don't want to be in the room when you do that. I, I, don't, I, I don't need that, but I want to say my goodbye with words and with hugs. And so before I went down there to say my goodbyes, I, I had a whole, I still have a whole list of things I wanted to share with my mom. 
share with my mom how proud I was, and here's what you taught me, here's what you modeled, here's what this, this, had a whole thing, less I wanted to do, and has the time just loving my mom. And then uh, about a day before I left, my brother Bobby came, we kind of overlapped, and at the very end of my time with my mom, I didn't plan this, it wasn't a strategy, I stopped calling her mom. And out of my mouth came mommy. It's like I was a little kid again. My brother recorded our last interaction and our hugs. And I have it in a very special place on a hard drive. But my mom was like Mary, faithful to the very end. I mean, it was hard for her to do anything, and she said, oh, I just, I still pray that God would save my brother, Keith. She'd prayed for her brother for decades and decades, and I just got to keep praying for him. And then she said, I have something for you to do. I was like, oh, yes, ma'am. I, I didn't say, woman, <clears throat> why are you involving me? It was like, I will do everything in my power to do your, your, your wish. And she said, I want you to find, I don't know where they live, I don't know if they're still alive, I want you to find your dad's two closest friends growing up in, in high school and baseball and stuff. I want you to find them and reach out to them and pursue them. I don't know if they're saved or not, but I want you to find out. And so a month after she passed away, I did an online search, I've been paid for a search, and I found both of them, they're still alive. My middle name is Michael, and I found who I was named after and reached out to him, told him how much my dad loved him and my mom, this was happening, and shared Jesus. I got something back in the mail because he didn't have email. But the other man I, I reached out to still lives in California, and he had since got saved, and he wanted so desperately to watch my mom's service. Because she was still one of people to know Jesus, faithful to the very end. So I don't know what lesson that Mary modeled that you can walk away with, whether you're a mom or not. I think there's some valuable lessons here for this Mother's Day to look the impact that Mary is still having today. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for choosing an ordinary but special teenage girl who honored you with her life and her body and you used her to be the carrying agent of the Messiah into a bodily birth. Well, Lord, thank you that how she lived and what she treasured and how she responded and the, the, the rejection she faced and the heartache she wrestled with, thank you that she was faithful to the very end. Lord, I pray that her lessons could encourage some today. Maybe many here today, there was some aspects of these lessons that they were blessed to have in their mom. What a blessing. So Lord, I pray for all the, all the mothers to have a special blessing today. Thank you for this story. Thank you for Mary. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.